So I brought a sermon illustration. Uh, can you tell what these are? Dead. Thank you. Yes, they are dead. What were they before they were dead? Uh, this one's raspberry bush. Um, some of that's still alive. Um, this one here is uh, bee balm. It's dead. It's, the whole plant is dead. I don't know what these are called. Um, they grow sort of in the shade, and they have a nice little white flower. Um, I never know what they were called, but not anymore. <laughs> yeah. Um, y'all know I like to talk about my garden and the Edge House garden, uh, and I'll just tell you the Edge House garden is going great. Uh, the okra is doing wonderful things. The zucchini, I just harvested one like that big the other day. Strawberries, very happy. It's all good stuff. Um, but I have not watered the plants at my house for days, maybe weeks. Um, I've been out of town. I was on vacation. I've been preparing for Welcome Week at UC. I've been doing Welcome Week at UC. So I didn't pay attention to what some of these guys needed. Um, I didn't remember that it was important, so some of them <laughs> dried up due to my lack of attention. I can see some flowering plants from my kitchen. Some of them are flowering for the first time, so that's exciting. Um, but others of them look limp, <laughs> you know, <laughs> curling up on themselves on the edges as though they are protective of what little life they have left. I mean, to be fair, a lot of my garden is doing fine. These guys have deep roots, so most of them will come back next year. But everything out there, when it does get watered, like this rain that we've had, just the water flows over the dirt and the plants suck it up greedily, right? Like they, the leaves plump up and the, the stems kind of straighten up. It's beautiful. They are revived. And my plants are very forgiving which I know because I have revived them several times. Years ago, before I started working here, I was a youth minister, and uh, we used to go on this pilgrimage to Navajo land, um, which is the native reservation right between Arizona and Utah, right on the border. Uh, it's the Navajo Nation, the Diné, as they call themselves, the people. It's desert. There's, there's no mincing words here. Nothing but dry orange sand, rocky mesas, bright hot blue sky with the emphasis on hot. When you're out working, weeding or repairing a fence or building a stone wall, it is hot. They say it's a dry heat, which is true, but at 116 degrees in the shade, that doesn't make much difference. Cincinnati is a different kind of hot, right? We're muggy. Uh, but y'all ain't seen hot. One year, I did actually get dehydrated after several warnings to the youth to remember to drink lots of water. I was the one who woke up with a headache and nausea and misery for lack of water. Those high school students here would go for the energy drinks and the soda, and out there you would say water, and they would say, oh yes, please. The desire out there for water is beyond physical. Even hot, uniced water is a blessing. You drink it and you are renewed and revived. Now, again, the rain in the last 12 hours aside, did y'all feel the heat in the last couple weeks? It's been rough out there. 
We on campus this week have been taking our coffee cart on to campus. Some of y'all have seen it. It's heavy. And we have a red couch that we've been pushing on campus, giant board games multiple times, and it's all uphill both ways. It is hot. A couple of years ago, I heard some schools closed due to the heat. Actually heard, I knew it, because my kids were in the schools. I'd never heard of that before, closing the school for heat. And just working outside or walking around Cincinnati with this humidity, it feels like every cell in your body is sweating. Your mouth is dry. Your pores close up. Hang on a second. It's making me thirsty. Anybody else need some? When you finally have a drink of water from the tap or a bottle or a hose, it doesn't matter. It's refreshing. It's cooling. The act of drinking cools even before it hits your mouth. You are refreshed, restored, and reborn. And the prophet Isaiah talks about this refreshment in this passage that we just heard. Isaiah tells us about the Jews returning from exile, which we've talked about before. 586 BCE, a big chunk of the, the Jewish people from Israel were taken into bondage in Babylon. Fifty years later, they were allowed to return. And so Isaiah is talking about that return. He's, he's longing for it and maybe seeing it happen. He says they're going to cross the desert between Babylon and Jerusalem, which is probably not orange sand, but it is still wasteland. Wilderness, empty, dry. And spiritually, they were empty and dry as well. They were like bitter people, unable to summon energy or life, pointing their fingers at other people for their own emptiness. They had been wrenched from their homes and their lives 50 years before. They'd been made to worship foreign gods. Many had lived in poverty, and they returned to a land they didn't recognize. What was it going to be like? Would anyone they knew still be there? Other people had taken over their farms and their homes. The people who had been left in the land 50 years before had continued on with life without them. So they returned with anxiety, only to be renewed. Isaiah says, the Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your needs in parched places. Make your bones strong. You shall be like a watered garden, like a spring of water whose waters never fail. They will not be dry, but watered. Not forgotten, but remembered. They are no longer bitter and blaming, but sweet and solicitous. They are re-energized for the work of God, refilled with hope. They will rebuild, repair, and restore. Is your soul dry sometimes? Not the kind of dryness where you can just like smooth on a little lotion and be done with it. Just a side note, I have a student who's an engineer, a scientist, and uh, when we go out on campus uh, to talk about the Edge House, one of the things he tells people is, uh, we are about applied Jesus, <laughs> which I love. Uh, and another student heard that a couple years ago when he said it and said, oh, like a lotion? Uh, maybe, but no, not like a lotion. This is, this is, to continue the metaphor, Jesus is not topical but deep penetrating. Jesus hydrates you from the inside. <laughs> It's weird. Do you sometimes get that parched feeling, though? 
like your edges are curling up to protect what you've got left, like your work or your relationships are draining, or like working at places like God's Work, Our Hands, or Habitat, or wherever it is that you volunteer and spend your time, like wherever you do that, things aren't changing at all. Like all you can taste is bitterness or blame, or like nothing you do will get you out of the dried up, no good situation that you're in. I do. Not always, but I do. We're like a desert sometimes, dry and barren, unable to produce life or hope, and we don't remember to refresh ourselves, to water our souls. And yet we come here. We come to Good Shepherd in Kenwood, Ohio, filled with our adoptive family who open us, welcome us with open arms like the father in the story of the, the prodigal son. I forgot the word all of a sudden. The prodigal son. We come to worship on Sundays filled with hope that God is moving. We come with frustration sometimes that we can't see it but filled with uncertainty and filled with faith simultaneously. We come here to be refreshed so we can go back out again, to spread God's word in ways that we hadn't thought of before. We come here because we need community. We need the waters of baptism for the wine and bread of the table. We find passion here. We find compassion here. At this table, we remember the Christians who came before us. We remember our own actions. We remember the life and death and resurrection of Jesus. And not just remember it, not just recall it from our our history lessons with our brains. We physically remember Jesus' body broken and revived. We call to mind his words and actions as though we were there. We remember things that we can't forget. And we share them in the bread and wine, our living spring. We are given a second chance every week to reopen the dam, to flow down like waters, like an ever-flowing stream, says Amos. Did you catch all these words I'm using? Revive, restore, rebuild, repair, renew, refresh, reborn, re-energize, refill, remember, re, to do again to do better, to have a second chance. Because we are not permanently dry of spirit. These guys have deep roots, and so do we. God says to us, you shall be like a watered garden, like a spring of water whose waters never fail. God says, I will rebuild you, y'all. I will restore y'all. I will revive Boy, I cannot speak this morning. I will revive y'all. I will remember y'all. And in turn, we become the living spring, a spring that doesn't stay put and doesn't remain unchanged. It rushes on, recharged, redoubled in strength. Our passion for this community, our energy for mission and changing the world, our desire to no longer point the finger in blame but to offer an open hand to all. Our love of one another and of God flows out of us like water, continues on rushing down the mountain because we are the river of God. And the river is here. Amen.